SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two of the morning after right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. In this second hour, we go with a lot of hoops. First, we start in the NBA. Then we go to college basketball to recap a wild night across the country in college basketball. And then we will dive into some props with Tom Vecchio from FanDuel and get the Patriots' perspective ahead of a huge wild card NFL playoff game this upcoming Saturday night in Buffalo, New York. George Blatchie joins us from Nesson to break things down from that Pats outlook heading in to the postseason. So let's begin in the NBA. A couple of great games last night. If you don't know, the Memphis Grizzlies have won 10 straight games and they do so upsetting the Golden State Warriors at home just an evening ago. Memphis winning outright as a two and a half point underdog. But even better games tonight or some very impactful and exciting games we will break down right now. The Brooklyn Nets on the road in Chicago tonight against the Bulls. Now, it's Chicago as the top spot in the Eastern Conference. Currently, Brooklyn just behind with the second-best record in the East. When you look at those records right now, Chicago 27-11 and 11 straight up this year. That's also the third-best mark in the NBA. Brooklyn, the second-best record in the Eastern Conference at 25-14. and 14. Last night, Chicago was in action. It will be the second leg of a back-to-back, both at home, a rescheduled game last night against the Detroit Pistons, the Chicago Bulls winning handily, 133-87, easily covering as a 14-point favorite. When you look at the Chicago Bulls team, you need to know DeMar DeRozan. 20 points last night, 12 boards, a double-double. Now the eighth-best odds across the association to win the NBA MVP at 36-1, to currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Also, outside of having the best record in the Eastern Conference, the Bulls have the best ATS record in or the third best ATS record in the NBA or excuse me the sixth best ATS record in the NBA 23 and 15 against the spread they have won 10 of their last 11 games they have covered in six of the last 10 so as you look at this updated line it might be a little bit interesting to you to see the Chicago Bulls as a point and a half favorite tonight against the Brooklyn Nets because Brooklyn has been favored in a lot of their games so far this year. In fact, the Nets have only been an underdog five times this season. They are 4-1 and one against the spread as a dog. The only time not covering was in their season opening affair against the Milwaukee Bucks. The next four for Brooklyn, not only have they covered the number as an underdog, they have won outright. Here's the thing about the Brooklyn Nets right now, though. Although Brooklyn has the second-best record in the Eastern Conference, although Brooklyn remains the favorite to win the East and the NBA title right now, the Brooklyn Nets have been struggling against good competition. In fact, the Nets have the worst against the spread record in the NBA, 14-24-1. Again, only a dog five times. A lot of those non-successes have happened as a favorite, 10-23-1 ATS as a favorite, four and one against the number 
as an underdog. Kevin Wall shared us uh, shared this with us yesterday here on the morning after about the Brooklyn Nets. They have played the seven best teams in the NBA in seven games this year. They are 0-7 in those games. Now they get a shot at the team in the top of the Eastern Conference standings in the Chicago Bulls. We see how Brooklyn fares tonight on the road as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here the second hour of the morning after on this Wednesday, Sirius XM Channel 159, our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens going around the NBA right now for some great games on the marquee tonight. The Chicago Bulls, a one and a half point favorite against the Brooklyn Nets at home tonight. The over under is at 232 and a half. When I looked at this line just a couple of hours ago, around 830 a.m. Eastern time here, that over under was at 227 and a half. Now it's 232 in a hook working up, up and up in terms of some of those points we can expect to see tonight in Chicago. As we go around the NBA, another good game featuring two more Eastern Conference sides, the Miami Heat on the road against the Atlanta Hawks. The Heat right now, a two-and-a-half-point underdog, the over-under on FanDuel as at 224. Last night, Miami was a four-point underdog, now only a two-and-a-half-point underdog on this morning, the day of the game. Miami as an underdog, you got to like where you stand. The best record in the entire NBA, in the entire league, as a dog this year. 12-2 and two against the spread. 10 of those 12 covers have been an outright win for Miami. The Heat have the third best record in the uh, Eastern Conference right now. Atlanta, currently the fourth worst record in the Eastern Conference. But as you take a look at those Eastern Conference odds on FanDuel. Again, the Nets in action tonight against the Bulls. A very short price at plus 135. The Bucks, the second best odds at plus 200. Miami right there at plus 550. Their odds almost cut in half from the preseason number hung with the Heat. And then the Chicago Bulls have steadily made their way up this board. Now tied for the fourth best odds with the Sixers at 10 to 1. Chicago in the preseason 26 to 1 to claim the Eastern Conference 12 to 1 just last week at this time. So, we have a couple of big games in the Eastern Conference. The two best teams in the East meeting tonight at the United Center in Chicago. The Bulls a one and a half point favorite against the Nets. The Heat the third best team in the Eastern Conference on the road against the Atlanta Hawks that made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. The Heat getting two and a half points as it stands right now tonight in Atlanta. So from professional basketball to college basketball, a wild night in CBB. We get in the zone next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On the day following the college football playoff national championship, the conclusion of the 2021 college football season, college basketball brought it in a big way. We go back over the results last night, looking forward to some more games on this Wednesday evening right now in the zone here on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. You are listening on Sirius XM channel 159 watching 
all across the sports grid network. We call this the zone because not only do we get in that mental mindset to get you set for everything you need to know about college basketball, but it's the trends and everything you need to find your best way of handicapping college hoops so far in this season. I say so far in this season, we're in the thick of conference play. And last night, some wild results. Let's start in the Big 12 with the previously unbeaten, unanimous number one team in the country, the reigning national champions, the Baylor Bears. Last night at home, number one Baylor hosting number 19 Texas Tech. And Baylor, who entered last night a perfect 15-0, handed their first loss at home by the Red Raiders. No longer an unbeaten side. In fact, no more unbeatens. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Baylor loses its first game of the entire year, 65-62. Texas Tech pulling off their second straight upset over top 10 Big 12 teams, number one Baylor last night, and then against now number nine Kansas, previously number six Kansas over the weekend as well. Texas Tech winning outright last night as a 12-point road underdog. They beat KU on Saturday as well. So Texas Tech this year, 4-1 against the spread as an underdog, covering by more than seven points per game, and they have won outright in three of their five covers as a dog. The Red Raiders are known for defense under new head coach Mark Adams. In fact, they have the fifth most efficient defense in all of the country. Admittedly, my bye-bye-bye best yet best bet yesterday was an over of the total at 135 because I thought Baylor would push the pace and hold on for the win in this game. That did not happen, of course, as Texas Tech pulls off the upset. And defense was the thing we all watched last night in Waco. Texas Tech now under in seven of their last eight games. The first under outright for the Baylor, Baylor Bears in their last seven games as well. So Texas Tech has been outstanding. Two straight upsets over two top 10 teams in the country. Handing previously unbeaten and unanimous number one Baylor its first loss of the season in this first loss for the Baylor Bears their second lowest offensive output of the entire year only scoring 62 points Baylor has been a favorite in every game so far this season they have not covered in four of their last five they have been a double digit favorite as they were entering last night at home in 12 of the 16 keep an eye on Texas Tech now ranked 15th in the Ken Palm efficiency ratings like I mentioned the fifth best defense in all of college basketball and they are doing all of this the upset over Kansas at home in Lubbock on Saturday the upset on the road last night over Baylor in Waco without one of their best players in Terrence Shannon Jr. Texas Tech is going to be a team to keep an eye on in the Big 12 where Baylor was the favorite entering yesterday to win the conference title at plus 140 still the favorite but market working against them, plus 195 now on FanDuel. Texas Tech takes a big $3 jump in that marketplace from plus 950 yesterday, now to plus 650 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The team with the second best odds to win the Big 12 title, the number nine Kansas Jayhawks, who hold on for a win at home last night against Iowa State, against number 15, the Cyclones in the country. Kansas bounces back with a win because, of course, they were upset by Texas Tech over the weekend. Now, Iowa State, this game went back and forth, back and forth in the final minute. Iowa State took a lead under 40 seconds left to go. Then Kansas responds. Then Isaiah Brockington gives Iowa State the lead with 18 seconds remaining. Dewan Harris Jr. responds for Kansas. It hits the game winner. They win 62-61. to 61. Kansas was a 13 
point home favorite last night in a game between nine and 15 in the country. Kansas still a 13 home point home favorite. They do not cover. They have not covered in three of their last five games as a favorite. They have been a favorite in every game this year. Now, Iowa State got started off this year as a perfect 12-0 basketball team. They have lost three of their last four games, but they have been an underdog in seven of 16 games this year and very good against the number as a dog. Six and one ATS covering by nearly 14 points per game. No knock for Iowa State to go on the road and lose to the Kansas Jayhawks. Also, if you don't know Ochai Abaji, the star for Kansas, he led the way last night with 22 points. He will be a finalist for the Wooden Award when all is said and done. So, Kansas bounces back after losing to Texas Tech over the weekend. Texas Tech hands Baylor its first loss of the year. No longer unbeaten are the Baylor Bears. And, just quickly here, USC losing last night on the road to Stanford. There are no remaining unbeaten teams left in all of college basketball. USC and Baylor were the final two, both losing yesterday on a wild Tuesday night in college basketball that was capped off by a battle for the iron bowl this time in college basketball auburn on the road in tuscaloosa taking on alabama number four auburn goes on the road and gets an outright victory 81 77 now the interesting thing about this was the line worked in favor of the tide at home it opened up around a pick'em, only about a one point spread in alabama's favor it closed last night Closer to three points, but Auburn said no matter. We're going to win our 12th straight basketball game and win this game outright as a two-and-a-half, three-point underdog on the road in Tuscaloosa. Only the second time all year the Auburn Tigers have been booked as an underdog. They won that game outright. So they have won 12 straight. They have covered in five straight games as well. A big total last night between the Tide and the Tigers, 156-and-a-half. Both teams have gone over in three straight games. This game, of course, last night going over with a final score of 81 to 77. So Auburn is one of the best teams in all of college basketball. Now ranked fourth in the country, 12 straight wins, only a single loss in an overtime shootout against UConn earlier in the non-conference portion of their play. Meanwhile, Alabama struggling a little bit here as of late. They have lost three of their last five games, four of their last seven, only one cover in an eight-game span for Nate Oates in Alabama, and that came as a road underdog against the Florida Gators just last week. Bama now just 5-9 and nine against the spread as a favorite, not covering by 3.5 points per game. But here's the most interesting way the market has moved in regard to the Auburn Tigers. In the SEC, just last week, Auburn had the third-best odds to win the SEC Conference crown at plus 410. Now, after last night's results... Auburn, the favorite in the SEC, plus 150. Auburn, a very good team. Jabari Smith Jr., we saw last night a great performance out of the entire Tigers roster. Keep an eye on the Auburn Tigers the rest of the way here in this college basketball season. So that's the recap from a wild Tuesday night in college basketball. Wednesday night should bring some more fun. A battle of the Big East best tonight in Cincinnati. Xavier hosting Villanova. A very short number right now. The Musketeers just a slight one-point 
home favorite. Look at that money line. Minus 114 in favor of Xavier right now, but Nova just at minus 105. The over-under is at 140. Two of the best three odds to win the Big East right now. Villanova, the odds on favorite at minus 140. Xavier has the third best price at plus 700. Providence, a couple of cents in front of the Musketeers with the second best number right now in the Big East. These two teams already played and honestly just about three weeks ago, right before the Christmas break, Villanova won that basketball game 70 58 covering as a five and a half point favorite Xavier though this year in 10 games as a favorite seven and three against the spread Villanova has only been an underdog three times which is to be expected out of Jay Wright's team but they have not covered in any game so far this year as a dog you might be asking yourself why well their three games booked as an underdog against UCLA on the road against Purdue and then against the Baylor Bears as well a great matchup in the big east finally here and we'll discuss this game a little bit later on duke on the road against wake forest tonight hoping to bounce back from a blue devils loss over the weekend against miami right now duke a five and a half point favorite against a good demon deacons team we'll look at that game a little bit later on on the morning after on this wednesday but next the prop perspective with fan duels tom vecchio stay with us here on sports Grids. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid on this Wednesday, right here on the grid in Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased to welcome on FanDuel's Tom Vecchio right now for Tom's prop perspective on this Wednesday evening slate. No football where we normally have Tom's expertise throughout the fall, but now as we transition into the thick of the NBA season, some NHL action on the ice as well. Tom Vecchio's knowledge does not stop. In fact, it might get even better because some of those edges you have in the prop market in the NBA, in the NHL, a little bit better than those in the National Football League. So, Tom, thank you for joining us here on a Wednesday on the morning after. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are in the middle of two great seasons, obviously coming to the playoffs. I think the lines, at least initially for the start of the NFL playoffs, are extremely sharp. But I think this is a, a, yeah. good, a good time to be a sports fan. Yeah, and we'll get some of your thoughts maybe on Super Wild Card Weekend and some of the prompts we can expect to target when they come out on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But let's begin with tonight. On a Wednesday, a matchup in the state of Texas, the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets. The Spurs, a five-point favorite. And Tom, out of the games that we have on this Wednesday in the NBA, probably not one that's going to draw a lot of attention. So do you think maybe we can find a better edge in that prop market? And if so, with what player? Well, overall, the, the props are pretty straightforward. They're obviously all very sharp for most players and most teams. And like you said, this might not be the most exciting matchup between, you know, two. they're not two playoff-bound teams. We know that for the Rockets. But ultimately, it's a good betting spot because 
we have two teams in the top five of the league in offensive pace, so they play very fast. We should mm-hmm. see plenty of possessions back and forth. And that means I'm going to be starting off with the Spurs point guard, Dunta Murray, over 21.5 points. It's sitting at minus 104. I'll also have a little bit of interest in the over on his points, rebounds, assists. I think that's sitting at 38.5. Uh, but ultimately, strictly for his points, he's been over in three of the last four, five of his last seven games. We look to the Rockets, and they're simply not playing any defense this year. They're allowing over 24 points per game to opposing point guards. That's the seventh worst in the league. This game has a big 232 point over under. So playing possessions back and forth, no defense, plenty of scoring for Murray. And the Spurs are a little bit shorthanded. They have a number of their guard rotational players out. So he should be out there for 35, 38 minutes, just filling up the stat sheet, you know, pushing towards a triple double as he always does. One of the biggest totals of the night. One of three totals across the NBA in the 230s. So points should be coming tonight for the San Antonio Spurs and Houston Rockets. One of the smallest totals of the evening at Madison Square Garden. Not far away from us here in our Midtown Manhattan studios. The Knicks and the Mavericks. When you look at this game, Tom, where do you think the best prop we should target is? So most, as I said, most of the props, the lines are pretty straightforward. I think they're pretty accurate. This one for Dwight Powell, over 13 and a half points, rebounds, assists combined, I think is just wrong. And he's been over this total in six straight games. I think matchup-wise, we're going to see plenty of minutes for Dwight Powell because uh, we know that there's no Kristaps Porzingis for the Mavericks. So he has to be out there simply to match up against Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. So his time will be fine. He's obviously not a big scorer for the Mavericks. He's been in double-digit real points in a few of these recent games. But if we're seeing a lower total, that probably means we're going to be seeing some missed shots. And because he's going to be out there matching up the size for against the Knicks, the rebounds are going to be there for him. So 13 and a half points when he's been in double-digit real points in, I think it's four of his past six games or three of his past six games, the line just seems a little bit wrong to me. So overall, I think most you know props are pretty accurate. But Powell, at minus 102, I think I might have jumped to plus 100, uh, I think is one of my favorites on tonight's slide. I also am going to be sprinkling a little bit on Luka Doncic to have a triple-double. You can add in the fact that it's at Madison Square Garden, star players like to step up at MSG. But more importantly, he's averaging almost a triple-double in his past four games since returning with no Porzingis. So all of the offensive usage is going to him. So I think it's at plus 380 or plus 280 for Luka to have a triple-double tonight. A little bit of a sprinkle on that. I don't mind on that play whatsoever. The big lights of the Mecca, the brightest stars in the NBA, certainly like to step up. And with some plus money right there, Tom, I like the way that you are thinking about it. Yes, you are right. One of the lowest totals of the night, an over-under of 205. The Knicks, a two-point home underdog currently at Madison Square Garden. They are 9-12 and against the number as a home team at MSG so far this year. So, Tom, you've given us a variety of props over this year in the NBA. How does your handicapping approach to the NBA change now that we're the midway point of the season? So initially, we went through like a couple phases in the NBA where, you know, in the beginning of the season, you're unsure what players are actually going to be seeing the roles are, uh, you know, some of the reports we had in preseason, are those actually accurate to what those players are going to be doing? And then we find this normalcy like 10, 15, 20 games into the season. And then all of a sudden, half the players in the league are out. So then we go through this period where everything's changing and role players are now the star players on their given teams. And now we see all these players returning where some of the lines are a little bit soft, but now we're starting to normalize. 
So we went through this like up and down like stretch where if you get on a player at the right time, I think you can just ride that until he like starts to you know drop off. Or you just ride a team like if you've been riding with Memphis since the start of their 10-game win streak, you just ride with that until they stop and then you jump off and find another team that's covering or winning or whatever it might be. So I think it's the same with player props. you got to find who's hot at the time given their team circumstances and then just go from there. One of the best matchups on this Wednesday, Tom, in the NBA, out in Chicago between the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. The Bulls in that top spot hosting the Brooklyn Nets. Right now, Chicago, a one-and-a-half-point favorite, one of the loftiest over-unders of the night, a total of 232-and-a-half. Have there been players on either side, Tom, you have been targeting on a frequent basis in the prop market? So one of them would be DeMar DeRozan. I actually like taking the under on his three-point attempts because he actually does not take a whole lot. Uh, he is just dominating the mid-range for the Bulls this season. Between him and Levine, like I know the Bears had the monsters of the midway. Well, Levine and DeRozan are the monsters of the mid-range for Chicago. Like They are so, so efficient. They're both shooting over 49% from the field this season, which is absolutely unbelievable. And DeRozan does not have to get it done at the you know from beyond the arc so the under on his three-point attempts is actually pretty good i think he's only taken like 70 or 73 three-point attempts for the entire season so he really doesn't hit them uh, i like going there looking to the over on durant has been pretty profitable especially when we see only him in the lineup obviously with Kyrie Irving just returning harden sitting out a few games here they're looking to him is always a good spot and then patty mills when he's hot from three-point range he gets up points pretty quickly yeah, when you look at this game tonight, should be a great one. Tom, a further follow-up question from me. Was that the first time you have used in coin Monsters of the Mid-Range, or is that something that's been in Tom Vecchio's repertoire for quite some time now? No, that's actually the, the first time I used it. I was planning on using it last night when I was uh, doing an NBA TV show, but it just didn't come up at the right time. Uh, but I still believe that. Like, they are dominating the mid-range, and that's, I guess, the phrase I'm going to use going forward. They are the Monsters of the Mid-Range in Chicago. We are just very glad the debut of that wonderful term happened here on the morning after. I love it. I'm going to be saying that as well, echoing your praise there, Tom Vecchio. Very, very nicely done. You mentioned Kyrie Irving, who is playing in only road games at this point for the Brooklyn Nets. Because of the interesting factors around Kyrie, have you dove into his props at all for these road games for Brooklyn? So I was on one of his props uh, two nights ago when they were in Portland because Harden was out. So I thought, okay, Harden being out, it's going to be Durant and Kyrie. It was the over on his points and assists. I think he missed it by one or one and a half, whatever it was. Uh, you know, we have a very small sample size for him. Even if we look back to last season, when we look to all three of them on the, their, you know, their big three all on the court together, it's only like a a 12 or 15 game sample size, whatever it is, it's not super big. So we have enough to draw from. Like I'm not jumping in like with two feet. Uh, I just want to like feel it out depending on his conditioning. You know, obviously only playing a handful of games. So I'm like lukewarm on it to begin with. And if it develops further in the season, you know, I'll, I'll go from there. Makes sense. I mean, that's the way to start and see how all of this very fluid situation around Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets plays out. But Tom, it's not just the hardwood for you tonight. It's also the NHL ice. What is your favorite prop of this evening in the National Hockey League? 
That lies with Austin Matthews to score a goal. It's sitting at minus 112. And, it, you know, normally we like to see plus odds on a goal score, which is always true. Matthews is one of the best goal scorers in the league. It's an amazing matchup going up against Arizona. They're allowing 3.04 goals per 60 minutes in 5v5 situations. That's the third worst in the league. They're bottom 10 or bottom half of the league in all these defensive categories. We know Toronto is awesome on offense. But more importantly, Austin Matthews is from Arizona. He is arguably the best American oh. player right now in the NHL. He is playing in his home state, and this is the first time he's playing there since 2019. Obviously, with Toronto, they played only Canadian teams last year. So this is just factually an amazing matchup. He's one of the best goal scorers in the league. And then we add in the narrative that he's in his home state for the first time in a couple of years. I like Matthews to score a goal at minus 112 tonight. I like how that all becomes a part of the handicapping for Tom Vecchio. I love it, Tom. Quickly here, only about 40 seconds left. When you look to the NFL this weekend in the wild card playoff games we have, what areas in the prop market will you be looking at the most? Uh, Mixon over 18 and a half receiving yards. He's been involved in the, the passing game a bit more as the Bengals have closed the season. And then probably Joe Burrow over 270. He's been unbelievable to end the season. I know they played the Raiders early in the year and he was far under that number, but Mixon had 30 carries and over 120 yards in that game. So yeah. Burrow super hot, the over on that and the over on Mixon. And that line has been moving a lot so far in the early portion of this week. Tom Vecchio from FanDuel giving you the prop perspective on this Wednesday. A couple of plays to look out for in the NBA and on, in the NHL realm as well. Tom, as always, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. Always, always the prop perspective from Tom Vecchio. We go from props to the Patriot perspective. George Valeski joins us up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Super Wild Card Weekend is beginning in just a few days in the National Football League to kick off the postseason. And a super guest is about to join us here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network, I'm Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome back onto the show, it is George Belecci from Nesson, a sports reporter, anchor, digital host, whatever you need the guy to do, he does it. And he brings us that Patriots perspective, entering the postseason push for New England this weekend in a very familiar spot back in Western New York. But first, George, thank you for joining the morning after on this Wednesday. Ben, I had to break out in a little dance. I'm excited, man. Super wild card weekend. Finally here, Patriots and Bills, the 8 o'clock slot, primetime. The one thing I'm concerned about, though, where's the turtleneck, man? Oh. Ah, see, I gave the turtleneck yesterday. We have to let the neck breathe on a Wednesday. It will be back. Don't you worry, George Blackshee. You look fantastic, by the way, as always. Don't ever shave that beard. All right, let's dive in to the game that we have this weekend. Of course, very familiar teams playing each other. AFC East Divisional opponents who have already met twice this year. They split the season series. But the first one, George and Buffalo, was a very memorable game for maybe all of the wrong reasons, unless you're a Big Ten football fan like George and myself. The Patriots only threw the football three times. They ran it 46 times, and they beat the Buffalo Bills on a very cold and blustery night, 
14 to 10, winning outright as a two and a half point underdog. George, as you look back at that first matchup in Buffalo, what was your main takeaway from that game? They dominated the line of scrimmage. They did what they wanted to do. They went with their offensive identity, put the game in their running game's hands. And most important of all, Ben, they played sound football. They played disciplined football. They did not make mistakes. And it has nothing to do with Mac Jones not throwing the ball because we've seen games and a seven-game win streak. When he does throw the ball, he doesn't make mistakes, and they win. But three out of the last four weeks, and let's take that one win out of it because it was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Three times in the last four weeks, the Patriots have not looked like the Patriots. They look uninspired. They look slow out of the gates. They made a lot of mistakes. And it's not all on a rookie quarterback again. Because that rookie quarterback isn't messing up on the offensive line and causing penalties on the opening drive. He's not dropping interceptions. He's not missing blocks up front. He's not allowing blocked punts or lining up over the long snapper, not making this miscues when the defense gets stops, or not just simply mm. getting off the field and stopping Josh Allen. That's what we've seen has brought down this team. Now you asked me, what do I draw from that Monday night matchup? Like I said, they ran the ball well, but they played sound football. The Patriots haven't been doing that. That's why I'm really liking the Bills this upcoming Saturday night. Everyone here is killing me for it, but I got to be honest. I always got to shoot everyone straight, especially you, my friend. The Bills are a yep. better team right now, and the Patriots, as I said last time when I came on, they don't have those dudes. They don't have those dogs on offense to get behind, play slow out of the gates, and work their way back, and that's really been hurting them three out of the last four weeks. And I think it's going to be the same thing this Saturday because they've said it. We've spoke to him after the games. We spoke to David Andrews on Monday. It's always we have to execute better. But it got to the point, hey, man, you guys have been saying this so much. When will you execute better? When will that start happening? Mm -hmm. And you kind of just get an empty answer of it's going to happen. And it hasn't happened in a long time. George, you bring up a great point. The Patriots enter the postseason losing three of their final four games. The Bills enter the postseason winning four straight. And you mentioned that second effort between Buffalo and New England in Foxborough a couple of weeks ago that really changed the pace of the AFC East division. Buffalo certainly looked like the better side in that second meeting between the two this year. So for this upcoming Saturday night, back in Buffalo with the Bills being a four-point favorite, which game do you expect it to look more like? Game number one or game two between New England and Buffalo this year? What has changed my mind that it won't look like game two, which was played in Gillette, like at home, your defense couldn't get off the field. And here's the tough part. Christian Barmore went down bad and the Patriots got mm. great news that it wasn't any big damage. His knee came back clean, but he had a full sized human being. One of his teammates get whipped right into his right knee at full speed. Of course, not on purpose, just trying to tackle Tua Tungo Vailoa. He's been questionable. He's limited in practice yesterday with that knee injury. That's great news. Isaiah Window, they're starting left tackle. His hip is questionable as well. We'll see how Mike Onwenu may be used. But Kyle Duggar was out against the Dolphins, upgraded to limited with that hand injury. So the Pats are healthy in some senses on defense, more banged up in other senses. And I think the big thing, like I said, I think that's a team we're going to see is that game two team. Christian Barmore, Matt Judon, they're going to have to be the X factor for the Patriots. You have to make Josh Allen's day hell. You have to make him wish he was at Anchor Bar watching the game instead of Orchard Park playing in the game. 
but I don't see that happening because as it's been the trend, Judon and Barmore haven't been doing what they need to. The defense, along with their linebacking core, hasn't been doing it. The secondary has made mistakes. It's the same thing. I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but I've been a broken record when I've come on this show in the past saying, you know what makes the Patriots great? They run the ball. They don't turn it over. They force turnovers. They're playing sound football. Mac Jones is showing poise. He's looked like a rookie a lot as well. So that's why I think mm. I'm, we're going to see game two repeat itself this Saturday. Until I'm proven otherwise. And you know what? It's always been, you know, you don't want to bet against Bill Belichick. If Bill Belichick wasn't the head coach of the Patriots, I'd see the Bills winning this one 42 to 17. Because Bill Belichick is a head coach, I see 28 to 17 being the final. So I'm also saying take the Bills and the points. The second, I like it. I like it. The second weekend in January, George, in Buffalo, should be cold, should be a little bit windy. And you mentioned Bill Belichick, who perfectly executed a game plan in that opening Monday night matchup between Buffalo and New England. Do you think offensively, at the very least, with a rookie quarterback making his first postseason appearance, that New England will look to have a game plan similar offensively to that first time around? They can't. They can't be one-dimensional. It's going to put way too much on the running game. And you can't do that because of what was happening. You say how cold and windy it was. It was a freaking hurricane rolling through <laughs> western New York, upper New York. You know, This time around, it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. And Buffalo weather changes within every 24 hours, so we don't know. The Pats are going to be practicing outside all week, and it is brick in New England right now. I'm talking like feels like five degrees outside with snow and frost and ice on the ground. But we'll know how that bode well. Mac Jones has got to grow up, man. I mean, this is a thing, too, where, you know, you'd go into games like this, and in the past would be the Tom Brady factor where, you know, he's not going to do everything for the team. But he had that calming factor, the veteran, the guy that goes out, and he's a gamer, and he's going to elevate everyone around him because of who he is. Mac Jones is regarded as that same type of guy within that locker room. So let him go out there and make plays, but also at the same time, run the ball, establish the running game, make it simple, and set up Mac for success. The issue has been with him the last few weeks, he's just made ill-advised throws. He's made a lot more mistakes and boneheaded plays than we've seen before. The opening pick six of the game by Xavier Howard, Mac after the game said himself, he goes, they didn't disguise anything. They didn't trick me. I read it wrong and I made a mistake and I'm embarrassed. And it was a simple cover two drop back. X is one of the best corners in football. He made a heck of a play. And that's just kind of what it's been the last four weeks for them been outside of the Jags game. So I think, yes, change it up. Let Mac Jones go out there and make plays because he's going to have to. You can't be one-dimensional in the playoffs. And like I said, as good as the run game is, as much as I love Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, they are not Derrick Henry. They are not Jonathan Taylor, as I cry a tear that he's not in the postseason. They're not those guys. This run game isn't that assertive where they could just lean on them all the way and say, we have these dudes, so we don't need him to make plays. Mac Jones has to step up. The defense has to step up. The running game has to step up. The receivers and tight ends. The Bills, on paper, are a better team. They have better playmakers. Yeah. And it goes into everything. They have two great safeties, Micah Hyatt and Josh Poyer, that can wreck your run game. You have to keep them honest by throwing the ball. So that's where Mac has to step in. So, George, it doesn't sound like you're too confident in the Patriots heading in to this weekend. But if New England is to pull off the upset, what will be the one key factor that allows the Pats to do so? Their pass rush. Get to Josh Allen, make him pay. When you hit him, hit him. And I think, you know, I can see Brian Dabble going into this game and saying, obviously doing what he's done with the passing game. You go back to the 
the win in Gillette. I mean, some of the throws that Josh Allen was making was insane. And, you know, what happened was the Pats did what they wanted to, taking away Stephon Diggs for the most part. He did have a touchdown. Taking away Emmanuel Sanders, but then Isaiah McKenzie, the third option in that passing game, and Dawson Knox still had touchdowns as well. Isaiah McKenzie literally had a career day. But if Matt Judon, and we'll see how effective Christian Barmore can be with his interior pass rush at defensive tackle, if they can make Josh Allen's life hell, then that will benefit them in the long run. That is what will make the Patriots successful. But at the same time, J.C. Jackson, he has to play his best game ever. Devin McCourty with his run fits. He can't keep missing open field tackles. We can't see his linebackers and the pass rush making mistakes as well. You go back to the Patriots needed stops to hopefully have one more shot to have that comeback win against the Dolphins. Josh Uche and Kyle Van Noy not on the same page in their in their pass rush lanes. We see Tua's escape, and all of a sudden he gets a first down that kind of iced the game for them with big runs. That's the same thing. You're saying I'm uninspired because it goes back to it. Just when you watch the Colts game, when you watch the Bills game part two, when you watch the Dolphins game, you know, there was, oh, they're on the road. It was loud in the dome. Oh, they're in Miami where it's the house of horrors. It doesn't matter. Those games could have been played in Miami. They they could have been played in Nova Scotia. They could have been played in Tulum. Or they could have been played in the parking lot of a Walgreens. The Patriots were not going to win those games because they beat themselves every single time. That's why I'm not inspired for the Saturday. And if they prove me wrong, Ben, I'll be on cloud nine. I'll love it. I want more playoff football in Boston. I just don't see a team that has showed me why. At this point in the season, they had those earlier games where they were beating themselves. And, you know, it's it's week one. It's it's week two. It's week four. We'll, we'll sure that up. But it's at the point. We've heard it from Matt Slater. We've yeah. heard it from Devin McCourty. We're not taking that anymore. This is where the real deal happens. This is when it matters. You can't make mistakes. You either got to show up or you're going home. They know that. We know that. The Patriots have to prove that they're the team that they've said they are, that team that will come out and execute and finish everything up. So the Patriots will be in Buffalo on Saturday night. Now I asked George Belecci where he would rather be. Buffalo covering the game, Tulum, a parking lot at a Walgreens or Nova Scotia? Depends what I'm getting from Walgreens. You know, if it's some like gummy bears and, and you know, a Gatorade, you know, my favorite snacks, I'll do that. Tulum sounds nice, but I'd rather be in Buffalo. That's for yeah. sure. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll take you for your word there. And that's why we can trust your coverage of the Pats. So, George, you have seen the Patriots play pretty much all the best in the AFC this year. In the postseason picture right now in the AFC, a little bit up in the air. The Chiefs, of course, are the betting favorites at plus 175. But now it's the Titans with the second best odds and the number one overall seed at plus 310. A Buffalo team you think on paper is pretty good with the third best odds as well at plus 350. What do you make of the AFC outlook just in general? I think, especially for the Chiefs, I mean, they're opening up against the Steelers. Here's the first thing. I hopped on FanDuel last night. The numbers may have changed. You could take Chiefs, Chiefs win every quarter versus Steelers at plus 600. Ben Roethlisberger Ooh. cannot complete a five-yard out right now. The Chiefs, as they've been up and down, they've still been one of the most sound teams in all of football to close out this season. I mean, take that win some money i still see the chiefs coming out of the afc because of all the parody we've seen and until i see mm. derrick henry at his size run well coming back from that foot injury i'm not going to believe it i'm sorry i mean he is one of the most dominant players in all of football when healthy but he's not healthy right now so i do like the chiefs right. coming out of the afc i think they match up well chris jones melvin ingram on their front line bolton at linebacker tyron matthew they have the experience where you need it but also Tyreek Hill, we'll see how healthy he is as he hurt his leg. But Andy Reid, Spags as his defensive coordinator, they have the experience on the coaching staff. It's not going to be 
but I like the Chiefs plus 450 to make it to the Super Bowl. I love the Packers plus 380. If you go money on both oh. those, that could pay you out a plus 820 as well. I like the Packers at all, though. George Valecci breaking it down across the board. George joining us from Nesson, and we thank you very much for your time. More of the morning after to round out Hour 2 next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our number two of the morning after on this Wednesday edition, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. But I am just one mere part of this morning family here on the Spiz Grizz. Our producer, John Shames. Our associate producer, Jack Weinberger, who you know for his great college football handicaps. Our graphics producer, Jesse Metzger, and of course, our executive producer, Alex Fasano, who brings the facts and then Jesse puts them in a beautiful graphic for you to see as I read it to you as well. A Fasano fun fact of the day for you on this Wednesday, entering the NFL postseason. Now, the Titans are the number one overall seed in the AFC, despite not having a 1,000-yard rusher or a 1,000-yard receiver. If Derrick Henry was healthy the entire year, maybe that first part changes, but alas, that's what the stats say right now. Four teams in the last 25 seasons can make that claim, and three of them went on to win the Super Bowl. The 1996 Green Bay Packers, the 2003 New England Patriots, and the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. Derrick Henry, despite not playing a good majority of this year, still has 937 rushing yards, and he's been out since week eight. He's still one of the leading rushers in the NFL, and he hasn't played for nine straight games. A.J. Brown, 869 receiving yards. He only played in 13 contests. It was banged up a little bit even in those games. So that's where the Titans stand offensively right now, but they get the bye week to get a little bit healthier, to let A.J. Brown get healthier, and Julio Jones to get healthier, and of course, King Henry, who returned to the practice field a week ago, to get even healthier now in this bye week, to host two postseason games in hopes of reaching a Super Bowl. So despite the fact that Tennessee is the number one overall seed, they have the second best odds in the AFC title race. Plus 310 to win the AFC. Could make the argument for some value there. Plus 850 to win the Super Bowl. All of the fun facts that Alex Fasano provides for you here on SportsGrid in the morning after, all leading you to value in the futures market. Hour number three, a very happy hour, is on the other side of the break after you hear from Alex Fasano himself in a SportsGrid news update. Stay with us here on The Grid. <laughs> 